You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We have a lot to get to today here on Locked On Hornets. We finally got the sign and trade confirmation, the Gordon Hayward acquisition. It is official. He is going to be a member of the Charlotte Hornets. We also have the details on what they were going to do with Nick Batum. So we have a lot to get to today here on the podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every single day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Coming up in today's show, we'll talk about some of the details that came to light over the weekend. They also signed one of their second round picks, the Charlotte Hornets did, making him among the most uh, highly paid second round picks of this NBA draft. And then we'll get to some other of the trending topics in the NBA in the last segment. There's a lot to get to for the Hornets with everything kind of um, coming about. We'll try to get to those individual breakdowns of all the second round picks, but now we're starting to fly because the off season it's coming to an end <laughs> as crazy as it is. You know, we're going to be entering the month of December, which the 22nd is when the actual NBA season starts. We're actually going to be getting close to a preseason and, uh, and we're going to be getting close to the, uh, the actual training camp happening yeah. for these teams. It's crazy. I, it, it's, it's one of the most insane off seasons just based on a timeline um, that we've ever seen. So we're going to try to keep up with all of that. But first, Nada, let's go ahead and get to the official acquisition of Let's Gordon get down Hayward. with the get down. Yep. Uh, look, this is what we were waiting for, right? Like this was something, this happened on Saturday last week that Gordon Hayward agreed to a deal with the Charlotte Hornets for $120 million total over the course of four years. It wasn't official. It was reported then, but it wasn't official that this was going to happen because Boston did not want to lose Gordon Hayward for nothing. They wanted to try to get the traded player exception that would allow them to take on a player worth however much money that would be on that first year of Gordon Hayward's deal. And in order to do that, the Charlotte Hornets were either going to wave and stretch Nick Batum or they were going to try to find a third team to dump him, or they might try to just keep Nick Batum the last year of his deal, send somebody back to Boston, find a third team. There were a bunch of different ways that the Charlotte Hornets could try to figure this out. Now, I, I say that there were limited options, but there were a bunch of different ways as to what options they did have available, how to utilize that, get Gordon Hayward, and um, actually free up some of the money. What they decided to do officially is acquire Gordon Hayward via a sign-and-trade, they get two unprotected second round picks in exchange for one going out that's conditional. So the Celtics traded Hayward and second round draft picks in 2023 and 2024 to the Hornets in exchange for a conditional 2022 second round draft pick. I was looking for any of the details on that second round draft pick that we sent to Boston. I couldn't find any details. Not I don't know if you did, but I have to imagine that it's going to be one of these top 55 protected deals where basically it's never going to convey. And if it does, it's not all that big of a deal anyway. Quite honestly, if they end up having to convey a second round out of the second rounder out of this, then somebody needs to lose their job. (laughs) I'm sorry. Again, I know it's early and I know we shouldn't be calling for people's jobs, especially in the pandemic, but quite honestly, if some, if if there is a asset that is given away in this deal, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be more upset than I already right. was. And 
Well, there's no reason to if it's going to be a heavily protected second round pick. I have to imagine exactly. it's one of those. Like, we can get upset. Don't don't let me stop you on getting upset from some of the details that we got, but not the second round pick that might convey because whatever. But that's how it went, right? The Charlotte Hornets did send a conditional 2022 second round draft pick in exchange for Gordon Hayward and the two unprotected ones in 2023 and 2024. The way that they were able to make some room for Gordon Hayward to be on the books, they did indeed decide to wave and stretch Nick Batum now going to be on the books instead of just $27 million, the final year of his contract this season, he will now be on the books the next three years at $9 million a pop. And according to Bobby Marks, the 9 million each of the next three seasons is the largest dead cap hit among the 43 wave and stretches that we've ever seen in the NBA's history waving and stretching them, it does allow you to have a little bit more flexibility. Now, if you were to just, you know, not wave Nick Batum, you wouldn't have had any more cap space to do anything after Gordon Hayward. But because you have some of this room, it leaves you some other transactions that you can go by. The Hornets plan to resign Bismack Biombo. We never got those details because we were still trying to figure out the sign and trade with Gordon Hayward. They also have the four second round rookies that they drafted to sign. So that's what they've been trying to do. We just got the Vernon Carey news today. The nearly $8 million that number three overall pick LaMelo Ball will make under the rookie scale was already figured into this $20 million cap space. This according to Rick Bennell, who dropped the story earlier this morning. Um, look, I, I'm kind of just trying to update on everybody and, and we'll get to our takes now here. Not a, I mean, this is, to me, if you were to think about all of the, 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 the ways that made this the most palatable to me was, mm-hmm. I know we disagree on this, but the way that it was going to be most palatable to me was keeping Nick Batum on the books, finding a place to send Terry Rozier, and allowing the young backcourt to get more minutes while Gordon Hayward, because he was on his way inevitably anyway, allow Gordon Hayward to help improve and develop LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham, and you don't have to worry about Terry Rozier taking the minutes away from the younger guys that still have a chance to be a pillar of this organization, unlike Terry Rozier does. I thought that was the best way to do it, not giving up any assets, and instead maybe even getting another asset in return from Boston, something similar to what happened here with these second-round picks. But now you have Nick Batum on the books for $9 million a pop, which, you know, to put things in perspective, that's a real role player. I mean, the Boston Celtics just gave out $9 million to Tristan Thompson. You know, we're talking about, I think, Jakob Pertl, who would have been somebody that I think a lot of people were a fan of. You know, Jakob Pertl signed for something that much yearly uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. Like, you can find real players for $9 million, and you're basically losing a decent role player based on what you're paying Nick Batum to do absolutely nothing for you and have the same kind of cap restrictions that a Steph Curry has on Golden State when you're talking about $39 million just getting set on fire to some degree. Um, At least $9 million of it, $30 million going to a player that we still think is a bad contract. I hate that it went down this way. I was... I was wanting to do everything but wave and stretch Nick Batum. Yes. yes if Here's the thing. Yes, if you were going to tell me that the Hornets were going to have to be the team to give up a first-round pick to the Thunder to take on Nick Batum's contract because they have the traded player exception that they got in that deal with Steven Adams. If you were telling me it was either this, waving and stretching Batum, or dumping him to the Thunder and giving up a first-round pick, then yes, I'd rather wave and stretch him. It is the lesser of two very bad evils, but it's still a very bad evil that the Hornets, what they did in order to create some room for Gordon Hayward. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't like what they did. I understand what they're trying to do. It's just when we and this is something that I'm probably going to harp on for the for eternity with this team, as long as Michael Jordan owns this team. When you're a small market, you have to nail the details. And the details to this tells me that this was not fully thought out. They saw a chance to add a guy to augment their young talent, which they do have. Now, granted, are they all role players? Yes. But at the same time, they saw a chance to augment their young talent. They feel like they drafted a star. And you know what? That's like I get what they're trying to do. It's just these details. Like you said, that nine million dollars is a role player. That's the mid-level. So when we have these conversations about why this team can't really compete right now or why this team can't really functionally make a trade that $9 million is going to come into the, into the like full on just, it's going to come into full focus. And then what also bothers me about this deal and we'll get into, and I know you wanted to talk about it. They backloaded this deal, which tells me they knew the pain was coming. They chose. And rather than again, get in front of it and embrace it, what they ended up doing was just backloading it so that they could factor in for that for that money, but at the same time, just backload it to where Gordon Hayward is going to be an expensive, expensive contract to possibly try to get rid of in three years. And I don't like that part about it either. All right. By the way, I did get some confirmation. Keith Smith did say that the 2022 second round pick the Celtics received from the Hornets in this trade is top 55 protected, which, you know, was the only thing that would make sense. Just doing something in order to make this a legal transaction in the NBA. And when you look at, you know, the Hornets, it yeah, and kind of, you know, backloading it, it's going to do the it's going to do the, you know, 5% raise thing. Maybe there's a little bit of a different hit. You know, maybe the Hornets have this to, you know, kind of jumping all over the place where maybe I think it, I think the trade exception, if I'm not mistaken, is 28.5 to, or something to that degree. I know that I, I think it's not as much, just not as much to go get a Bradley Beal. And so here, you know, Keith Smith, you know, he, he tweeted out that he was glad the Celtics traded player exception is too small for Bradley feel uh, Beal to fit inside because he didn't want to see all of the Bradley Beal fake trades. Um, that you might have because the Wizards have been adamant they're not going to trade them. Still, I would have to imagine that hurts because teams can change their viewpoint all the time. You might see that, the, you know, all right, it's not working with Bradley Beal. Let's just go ahead and sell high. Either way, the Hornets uh, did give them the ability to have a huge, a large traded player exception. And there haven't been too many good players um, that were acquired that way. And so it's still interesting to me that Danny Ainge decided by all reporting, I, I don't know how true it is, but by all the reporting is that the Boston Celtics didn't really want Miles Turner and, you know, Doug McDermott because they wanted to get Oladipo or TJ Warren. And this is what they decided to do, despite not too many great players ever being acquired via the traded player exception. He's done a good job of collecting some assets and things like that, but Man, you know, if, if like you certainly would rather have Miles Turner and whatever other player the Pacers are going to send out instead of this traded player exception and Tristan Thompson. And and so, look, Boston, they didn't do the right thing here either. Now, the Hornets yeah. didn't either. But this was this was a, a move. This, this was, was a transaction that. Yeah. Like this, this was this was uh, a move and a transaction between two teams that 
did not um, do things correctly. Acquiring Gordon Hayward, losing Gordon Hayward the way they did with the situations they're in, it didn't make sense on really either front. So no, we'll talk more about it. Go ahead, Nana. It really doesn't. And the fact that, that I think that's the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about this deal is that both sides really lost. No one really won this. Everyone lost this deal. Basically, you just like seeing Danny Ainge lose this deal too, <laughs> right? Well, and again, with, at some point he's got to win something, right? He's got with all <laughs> yeah. these assets, he's got he's got to win something, and he hasn't done that. Now, granted, he's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals twice, but at some point you got to win something with these assets, and he is yet to do so. Yep. And uh, Danny Ainge, um, he doesn't lose Gordon Hayward for absolutely nothing. He does have the full year to use this traded player exception. We'll see exactly how he's able to swing this, though, into something that actually helps them win a championship or even get to the NBA Finals, which is something they have not done since that 08 season. They actually won it against the L.A. Lakers. Real quickly, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. As always, we always appreciate their support of the show. They have six new flavors. They have 12 original flavors. The six new flavors include flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and of course, cherry barcia. Not only are they delicious, but they're healthy for you too. They're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in one of those delicious treats. And they're great for the keto diet. If that's something you're partaking in, get a free cooler with your purchase. Also go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. We've got the Vernon Carey signing we'll talk about next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. (laughs) Matt Thomas. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coming up this week on Locked On Hornets, we've been teasing it a while, but the Hornets would never get their bleep together and actually get all of these details out via the Gordon Hayward acquisition. And so we have to keep talking about it. And finally, all of the details came through. So we will start to take a look individually at some of these second round picks, what we can expect from them, maybe this season and going forward. And what better way to start than the first second round pick that we got in Vernon Carey with the Charlotte Hornets. It was the 32nd pick in the NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets, they announced today they're signing him to a four year deal. Um, and the contract is expected to have the most guaranteed money among second round picks in the 2020 NBA draft class. The Charlotte Hornets, they believe in Vernon Carey being a guy for the long haul, whether it's somebody that comes in as a potential starter one day, whether it's someone that they plan on getting real minutes as a backup center. Um, maybe they think he is going to lose enough weight and become a lot more athletic and be a power for it. I don't know what they're going to do with Vernon Carey, but we do know that they have given him a lot of guaranteed money compared to other second round picks. And we also know that one Mitch Kupchak has done a really good job actually having these second round picks give you something to the point where Devonte Graham gets all-star consideration or Cody Martin is someone that actually, I believe got a all rookie team vote, got a second team, all uh, all rookie team vote, which I'll take that with my second rounders. Even McDaniels looks like somebody to hold on to. So Mitch Kupchak might deserve the benefit of the doubt with some of these second round picks. We also know, and I forget if it was Cody Martin or Devante, but one of those second round uh, contracts that he gave out to one of those players actually kind of did the same thing. It was Cody Martin or Devante that uh, were among the highest paid second rounders. And I think it was Cody Martin. I'm not sure about that, though. I, I thought it was up. Devante Graham. Honestly, I thought it was Devante. 
Well, either way, it was one of them, I know. And so this is something we've seen from Mitch Kupchak before. What do you make of this deal that the Charlotte Hornets uh, um, got Vernon Carey to sign? I think we know that when it comes to have a big Mitch Kupchak has a type. And when what I mean by that is we know how much this team was in love with James Wiseman. So why wouldn't they be in love with the guy that gave James Wiseman a whole bunch of buckets on the EYBL level? And that was um, that was Vernon Carey. Vernon Carey apparently touched him up pretty decently. So we know that the Hornets were looking for a front-facing big that can score from the outside, has a little bit of a post game, and was very versatile on offense. That's something that I don't think we could have gleaned before, I would say, this draft. And the fact that he's giving him that much money means that they really do believe in him because I believe it was, like I said, you mentioned it might've been Cody's Cody Martin that they gave the most guaranteed money. I want to say it's Devonte Graham because I do believe that they really believe that Mitch really did believe it. So actually I have it and right I, here to I'm, be, so, you know, Bobby Marks tweeted this out on July 31st, 2019. He said the first year cap hit 1.17 for Cody and Charlotte. So it's just the cap hit. Um, or it's the cap hit that he's talking about and Charlotte. It's the third highest yeah. among second round players signed this year behind Bruno Fernando and Carson Edwards. Uh, year two was guaranteed wow. and year three, of course, is not. And so we could have looked that up on basketball reference as well. His brother Caleb signed an exhibit 10 with the Hornets last year. We know how that went and, and uh, him actually getting some minutes at the end of last season. So we did see Cody, you know, have a big cap hit just like Vernon is going to get the most guaranteed money um, as a second round pick. And look, you know, this is a team that has talked quite a bit about Cody Zeller. And, and I guess it's been reported more so than them actually talking about it, even though, um, you know, Cody Zeller, look, and I'm, I'm all over the place here. Cody Zeller has said that he has had his role communicated with him extremely effectively, that if there is a good trade on the table, that Cody Zeller would be playing for a different team. But other than that, you know, they certainly appreciate his services as a current basketball player for them. And so Cody has acknowledged that. There certainly have been reports that, you know, he could be the guy that is the most tradable on this team. So when you have Cody Zeller, that's the most tradable. When you bring back Bismack Biombo, but really it's just in a role where you don't want to see him play too much. You just want to see him be the veteran locker room presence that every young player loves. Then that leaves up a lot of minutes at the five, especially when you don't get your wise men. You don't get your Anyeka Kongwu. It's Vernon Carey and it's Nick Richards as the two big as the two big men that you drafted that have an opportunity to get some real minutes and not a, I mean, especially with Bismack, I, I don't know how many minutes he gets a game, but when James Borrego, you know, alters Cody Zeller's minutes so much throughout the course of the season, where at first, you know, he's playing a lot and then he is, yeah. you know, on the bench a, a lot more on, you know, the next 10 games. And then he's out there again. I mean, it was just a, a changed role constantly. You know, Nick Richards, it, we'll, we'll see how these guys do during training camp. And I don't know how the COVID off season is going to affect either of these players, but I mean, there is an opportunity for these big guys to get some real minutes, especially if Cody Zeller um, is traded for some kind of asset or something. Yeah, no, I, I do think that Cody Zeller, I, I think Cody Zeller starts. I don't think he finishes the season as a starter. And as Cody has mentioned with Rick and in other interviews a lot, he doesn't care whether he's a starter or a backup player. So if that's not going to matter to him, then I can see a scenario where a Vernon Carey possibly overtakes him and becomes a starter at some point. 
when when it's time to learn and when ne- when not necessarily the games don't I don't want to say the games will matter less towards the end of the season, but at the same time there's going to be a lot more time for instruction. I think with the way that this season is going to be structured and uh, truncated at best preseason, you're going to have guys that just aren't going to be able to catch on until midway in the season and possibly have to go to the G League and learn for a, quite a while before they're ready to come up and give regular minutes. That's why I think the Bismack Biombo signing was kind of necessary because you're still going to need Cody and you're still going to need Biz at some point to give you regular minutes until those bigs are ready to take over, which may not be until, I don't know, I would probably tell you maybe midway in the season, maybe April, who knows? But at that point, it may be too late to be competitive, but it's at the same time, you still need to get yourself bigs of the future because clearly the Hornets don't see Bismack Biombo or Cody Zeller as any part of rotation in terms of contending going forward. And I don't know if we mentioned this um, last week, but Billy Hernan Gomez is going to be playing for the Pelicans instead of the Hornets this year. And he actually did give a pretty nice message mm-hmm. to the Charlotte Hornets, how much he really embraced the community. And it was really cool. And look, we know what it is with Billy. We've talked about it a lot. His defense was extremely atrocious, but God almighty, that boy could rebound. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was that was the thing about Billy. I mean, he was an exceptional rebounder, um, but the defense, it was just too atrocious. There were some offensive gifts that he had had some nice footwork and in, in the paint, or at least had some, you know, nice moves and, um, you know, Billy offensively and rebounding wise was an adequate NBA player, you know, enough to why I understand that he's on an NBA roster, the defense it's bad. Um, you know, constantly watching him allow points on post-up opportunities and, and just allowing other people to get buckets, but the rebounding percentage, I mean, it speaks for itself. It, it was incredible. It so, um, you know, tip of the cap to Billy, um, not a whole lot of contributions here to the Hornets, but it does, uh, I, I think it was a worthwhile, um, endeavor for Rich Cho. One of the last things that he did for this franchise was actually acquiring Billy Hernan Gomez. I think it was for Johnny O'Brien and a second round pick, maybe two, two second round. Yeah. Two it was second two second rounders. Cause um, one of them transferred, I want to say last year and the other one just transferred over this year. Well, and what's funny is I remember Brian Windhorse and most people had this take, but I remember Brian Windhorse talking about the New York Knicks saying, yeah, you might've gotten a second round pick, but you acquire second round picks to either trade them as trade chips or to get a Billy Hernan Gomez to get someone that does have some <laughs> promise that could be a rotational piece. Why do the Knicks send Billy Hernan Gomez to the Charlotte Hornets? And eventually it didn't work we out. We found out why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, defensively, we certainly did. And so again, tip of the cap but um, not a ton of contributions. We have some other news that we want to update everybody on based on what the Charlotte Hornets have released based on the preseason schedule. Also, whether fans are going to be able to attend and if they are, how so? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, could put him on the radar of a radar, (laughs) of all NBA, yeah, on the radar, on the radar of (laughs) all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer, yeah. Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from from, uh, Catawba County. Put him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around at the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. You can subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Um, as I mentioned, the preseason schedule, it was released this weekend, or maybe it was at the uh, end of last week. And the Charlotte Hornets have four games in the preseason. The first one is going to be December 12th. It's going to be against Toronto at home at 7 p.m. And then they're going to play the Toronto Raptors again at home once again. Um, uh, well, yeah, ex- excuse me. Yeah, December 14th. So December 12th and December and the 14th. 14th. Yep. The Hornets are going to be playing the Toronto Raptors at 7 p.m. And then they have two road games. They're going to go play in Orlando December 17th at 7 p.m. And then they have another game against the Magic December 19th at 7 p.m. The season, the regular season actually starts on December 22nd. So we're not even two weeks away from preseason Hornets basketball. And then right after that, it's only going to be 10 days away from the regular season starting. Anything you wanted to touch on with this preseason schedule and just how quickly it's getting here? Um, I saw a lot of people getting mad at the Hornets for not televising those two Orlando games. And I think people need to understand that that that's not really up to the Hornets. If the Orlando Magic do not want to bring a camera crew or want to have a skeleton crew there, they're not going to show those games. And the Hornets can only do so much about much of it. We're probably going to start hearing details about how these games are going to get broadcast. And you're probably going to see a lot of home, again, a lot of crews basically start sharing footage. So this is going to get really interesting in terms of whether we get the spirited Eric Collins calls because Unfortunately, it may be a little bit more difficult if you're not really in the in the arena to get the juice. So, like, I, I hate to say that we might be uh, like getting muted Eric Collins for these preseason games, but like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of worried. Aren't you? Um, no, I think Eric Collins is always going to bring the energy, right? Fair like enough. if there's anything that you can bank on, um, that is going to stay consistent despite COVID affecting everything else in our lives. I can't imagine that COVID-19 affects Eric Collins enthusiasm for the game. I mean, he's going to bring the energy as much as possible. You talk about bringing the juice. I don't think so, man. I really hope not. That'd be the worst thing that COVID took from us, right? If it took yes. away Eric Collins enthusiasm. Well, here's the thing. This is going to be a weird year anyway. It's 72 games. There's not too much preseason for for, uh, some teams. There's too much. Again, it's not. It's too close to the beginning of the last. Like, there's a lot of different conflicting things. This is going to be a weird year. Let's just embrace the weird. It's going. Who knows what happens? That's the best Um, part. It it is extremely weird. And it it is even this move with Gordon Hayward. I mean, what a weird offseason this was for the Charlotte Hornets. Had they done nothing, we would have felt better about it. But now you just feel weird about everything that happened. Real quickly, there also was another update from the Charlotte Hornets. This was actually today regarding fans being allowed at Spectrum Center and uh, the and um, even not being allowed at Spectrum Center, at least at the beginning. They put out a press release saying, quote, with health and safety as our top priority, the Charlotte Hornets, in consultation with state and local government officials, have determined that home games at Spectrum Center will be held without fans when the 2020-2021 NBA season begins. They would also write, we will continue to work with state and local health officials, as well as the NBA, to develop a plan that will allow fans to return to Spectrum Center in both a safe and timely manner. We are optimistic that conditions will improve in the coming months and hope to be able to have fans in attendance later in the season. In the meantime, we will continue to implement enhanced safety procedures and we'll share additional information on these measures as we get closer to having fans return to Spectrum Center. 
hopefully we don't have the cases spiking all over the across the country as we currently do. And there will be some fans allowed in the stadiums in a safe and healthy manner. It doesn't look good right now. Not a, um, nope, but not you know, we'll all. see when, yeah, we'll see when that is uh, able to take place, but unfortunate that nobody's going to be able to see these uh, Hornets fans because, um, or these Hornets games. I mean, I wonder, I, wouldn't you love to see the turnout for LaMelo Ball's first ever game as a Charlotte Hornet? I would have loved to no, see that. No, 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 no. See, you love to see that kind of turnout. All I see about, here's the thing. Everybody loves, um, everybody really does love like the sold out games. I technically hate them because it makes it impossible to park. It makes it impossible to get through the media entrance. <laughs> like, I like, again, I kind of like it when the Hornets are less popular because it makes it easy to get in, get out. It's a lot harder. Again, Walker, you understand this. Like, people, like the popular games, like the media that likes to be seen and doesn't really like to cover anything, they come in, they go eating up all the really good media food as well. Like, none of this ends well for someone like me or someone like you. Oh, man. Uh, I kind of did want to see it because it gets so fun. People, yes. you know, the Hornets fans, they're get they get excited. LaMelo ball is going to be a draw. I just wanted to see the kind of numbers there. If we're getting a lot more traffic for the Charlotte Hornets, just the, I, I mean, I think it was the team side and just the ticket inquiries, the fact that we're getting more there than any other NBA team. And that's, and that happened after the NBA draft. And mm -hmm. I wonder like Gordon Hayward is going to be a draw. I don't think yes. it's going to be this Russell Westbrook draw that people were kind of talking about it to maybe some degree, but he is going to be somewhat interesting. LaMelo and Gordon together, along with a Devonte Graham who really did bring some yeah. more eyes on this franchise. I would have liked to have seen a turnout in a non COVID world where things would have just been normal. I would have loved to have seen what the turnout would have done with the third overall pick, but not only just a pick a guy that had as much popularity as Lamelo, where he has more followers than the team on Instagram. Like that's, that's the crazy thing. I would have loved um, to have seen that, but yes. at, at least at the beginning of the season, we're not going to see that in the spectrum center. All right. That wraps up this edition of lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to bill Barr for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of lockdown NBA, really any show on the lockdown podcast network. Have a great day. We will be back with you tomorrow.